Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. You're listening to Just Another Fanboy, episode number 289, Madman, part 13. And I'm just going to warn y'all right now, there will be spoilers, like, all over the place. So, yeah, uh, proceed at your own risk and stuff. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's... Oh, uh, <clears throat> I guess that would be me. My name is Steven. There is. I apologize for that, but I think you'll find this a bit more interesting. Hello and welcome to an all-new episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that doesn't like smashing its thumb with a hammer, but then again... Who does? I'm your host. My name is Steven, and not not really quite sure where that whole hammer and thumb thing came from. I, I haven't used a hammer in, in weeks. Maybe I maybe I dreamt it. I don't know. But rejoice, ladies and gentlemen. Cheer. Have yourself a little dance party. Hug all your loved ones. High fives all the way around because, yeah, you are, well... It is your privilege and honor to be listening to this episode right now, right? (laughs) Eh, Maybe not. I don't know. But here's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about Madman Comics issue number seven as we continue on in our very long journey through the Madman titles as created by Mike Allred. This particular issue was published by Dark Horse Comics. It hit the stands back on May 16th in 1995, and it had a cover price of $2.95. The title of this issue is Big Mad Brainorama. It was written by Mike Allred, letters by Sean Cannot, and the colors were by Laura Allred. Now, let me read you really quick the um, solicitation to this issue. Staple your butt to your lazy boy and grab a 12-pack of Jolt. We've got a 32-page nuclear blast we're calling Big Brainorama. 
Catch the thrilling conclusion to the cataclysmic madman big guy crossover as the two twisted titans run a gun-toting gauntlet of rival renegade robots in their quest to get Dr. Boyford and his ever-expanding gray matter into the protective hands of Special Agent Chow Skip Wang. Will they make it in time or will Boyford go kablooey? It's Madman Mayhem at its mayhemiest, with a big guy bonanza thrown in for a bonus. So, if you remember from the previous episode, and by previous I mean we're going all the way back to April 12th, 2022 for Madman Part 12. That was Just Another Fanboy, episode 252. The Madman of Snap City, Frank Einstein, had gone to the hospital to visit his old friend, Dr. Boyford, who had been injecting himself in the brain with some chemical of his own invention that was supposed to boost his brain power. And in the end, it basically made his brain so big and so powerful that he could not even speak in complete sentences. Everything he said seemed to be gibberish. And it was probably so intelligent, it was all happening on a level that we're not even aware of intellectually. But he'd gone to the hospital to visit him. Um, I feel like he was there. Now, I, I can't quite remember because this we, we are talking about going all the way back to April here. I don't remember if the reason that he went to the hospital was primarily to visit Dr. Boyford or if he decided to just kind of stop in and say hi, because he was already there. I think that's the case. I feel like there was a, the, the previous issue opened up with a little adventure, uh, with a guy being attacked by some weird aliens, moon aliens. And, uh, they took him to the hospital. And then while they were there, uh, and, and I mean, they, or when I say they, I mean, Frank and his lovely girlfriend, Joe, who, uh, they are both madly in love with each other. But while he was there, he went to uh, say hi to Dr. Boyford. Couldn't quite get in because it's a secure area. And then that's when he sees the big guy taking Dr. Boyford away and trying to put Dr. Boyford onto the big guy's ship. Now, the big guy is a big robot looking dude created by Frank Miller. And if I remember correctly, all of the big guy's dialogue in the previous issue and this issue were all written by Frank Miller. So as the previous issue ended, the big guy had loaded Dr. Boyford up onto his ship. Frank and he had uh, had fought a bit as Frank tried to prevent this. But in the end, uh, the big guy prevailed. And as he is taking off in his ship, Frank uh, leaps aboard it, clinging to the outside. And he's about to fall when the big guy opens a window and pulls Frank in. So when this issue opens, they are back at, or or not back, but they are at whatever mountain headquarters the big guy was heading toward. That's where he was delivering Dr. Boyford. And uh, he and Frank are ha have debarked from the ship and they have Dr. Boyford on, on a gurney that, that levitates in the air. And uh, the big guy is basically, he's kind of dressing Frank down. First, he tells him that he's, he's getting some strange readings, tells Frank to stay sharp, and then commences to... Basically telling Frank that uh, what he did by jumping aboard the ship, by, by stowing away, uh, it, it, it is against the law and he could be, you know, locked away for it. Um, he can't promise him anything, but, you know, he, he's going to have to face whatever consequences he's going to face. 
we find out here, they kind of summarize, um, Frank does. And, and again, if you remember from listening to previous issues or previous episodes about previous issues, the, uh, a lot of the narration done on these issues are, uh, from Frank and it's usually journal entries. And he kind of summarizes the, the, the conversation that he and big guy had had in the ship prior to arriving here at this mountaintop base or this base within this mountain. And it's, it's all, it all happened off camera. It happened between issues. We didn't see it. So rather than, you know, spend a couple of pages going through all that, Frank just kind of summarizes for us. And we find out that the big guy was sent to retrieve and sequester Professor Boyford in a top flight lab, in a top flight laboratory hidden in a mountain. And this is where Frank tells us that, yeah, he referred to him as Professor Boyford because it turns out that Boyford dropped out of medical school. <laughs> he went to medical school and just decided that they didn't have anything else to teach him because he's so super smart that he dropped out and he's faked his credentials ever since. He's he's not a doctor, but he has fake doctorate credentials. So it's at this point in the story when uh, some men burst in to whatever room the two of these, uh, the, the, the big guy and Frank happen to be in, in this uh, secret hidden base in a mountain. And they are there to take Professor Boyford back. They all are armed with guns and they, they open fire. The big guy pushes, pushes Dr. Boyford's gurney with uh, much strength. And again, the gurney is, uh, it levitates. So it goes flying off into, uh, uh, the direction away from these dudes in these weird, like green and yellow costumes. And, uh, he tells Frank to, uh, go after Boyford, keep Boyford safe. He's, he's going to take care of these dudes and mentions that, uh, yeah, Boyford is, uh, he's worth millions. Big guy quickly learns that these dudes are not actually people. They're robots. And so he's able to, not hold back and just starts kicking their butts all over the place. He makes a lot of comments about how whoever built these robots obviously did not use uh, or they're not American made uh, be, because they're not very sturdy and they fall apart very easily and uh, obviously made by um, workers on a, you know, on a work farm who are not really all that interested in ensuring that the job they do is, is a good job. Well, Frank tries to catch up to Boyford on the gurney and it kind of gets away from him and starts to uh, uh, fly outside and through the big giant door that the ship had come in, which is still open, we see even more robots. These are not robots that look like humans. These are straight up robots. They don't have legs. They fly. They got guns in their chests and they're, they are the, uh, they're the second wave. And it's through these robots that, again, are still after Professor Boyford, that we learn that they are doing this under the command of somebody named Factor Max. Well, the gurney kind of hits the doorway and flips over and Boyford falls off of it. And as Madman or as Frank is trying to retrieve Boyford, he's being shot at by these robots. He's dodging. He's jumping on the backs of various robots and trying to pull them to the ground. The big guy has already taken care of the first wave and he's come to help Frank. And then uh, a new character shows up, somebody new that has not been a part of this series so far. And he goes by the name of Chow Skip Wang. This is his first appearance. He is a agent 
of an organization called Tri-Eye, which he explains later is a private worldwide conglomerate dedicated to the advancement of world peace at any cost, which uh, usually means that they're willing to kill a whole bunch of people if that means uh, bringing about world peace. He uh, he kind of shows up dangling from a wire and he's got uh, a gun in each hand and he's flipping around and he's shooting robots. Frank describes him as a slinky made out of mercury. That's how this guy moves. And he's actually the guy, uh, Mike Allred, um, based him on the actor Chow Yun-Fat. Apparently, uh, this is what I understand. I think I've read this somewhere. Apparently, Allred's a big fan of Chow Yun-Fat. And so he created Chow Skip Wang uh, to basically be Chow Yun-Fat in the comics. Uh, if, if they were to make a movie, Chow Yun-Fat would definitely play the character of Skip. So Skip is there to retrieve Dr. Boyford. He is, uh, he's basically on the side of Frank and the big guy. He's, he's helping them fight these robots, but he is shot down fairly badly. And the two of the robots end up absconding with Professor Boyford as a robot helicopter type ship flies by and drops a large bomb into the facility. The big guy grabs Frank and Skip under each arm and leaps from the mountain. The mountain explodes. Skip is back up, even though he's been shot. And he immediately goes after these robots that are that are trying to drag Professor Boyford away. He's shot down again. So he's been shot twice and by machine guns that are coming out of these robots chests. So he's 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 taken a number of bullets so far in this story, um, the big guy is able to take out the last remaining robot because as Skip is being shot down, he takes out one of the two remaining robots with one of his guns. And then the big guy using a, a large boulder takes out the other one. It's here that Skip explains to them who he is and that he's with Tri-Eye and what Tri-Eye is all about. And they learned the fate of Dr. Boyford and he has been sent to retrieve him because Boyford contains unlimited knowledge within his brain. And the concern is, is that whoever controls Boyford's brain could quite possibly control the world. And in this case, it's uh, some weird robot looking thing called uh, Factor Max. Well, Skip offers to stay and keep an eye on Boyford so that Frank and the big guy can go dig can go dig the big guy ship out of the mountain that it was just recently blown up. And so Frank and the big guy are attempting to do that. When another one of these robot helicopters uh, flies up and drops another bomb on them, this causes Frank and the big guy to fall down the mountain and into a forest where the this robot helicopter is chasing them, drops another bomb on them, blows up much of the forest. But luckily, the big guy and Frank managed to get away. And the big guy ends up tearing a tree from the ground and using it as a javelin, throws it at the helicopter, just as the helicopter is, is dropping another bomb. And, uh, but he takes out the helicopter and the bomb lands next to him. And we find out it is a dud. In the meantime, they can see that they have been joined by Skip, who is chasing two more robots who, who, uh, have come and are dragging Boyford away. 
Frank and the big guy run to to help Skip when he is gunned down for a third time. I mean, this dude uh, is just riddled with bullets. The dude's like Swiss cheese at this point. The big guy takes out the helicopter. There are at least two more left, one of which has Dr. Boyford on board, the, the, the stolen Professor Boyford. And the big guy has a plan. He takes the bomb that uh, the, the previous helicopter had dropped. And we, we, we see in one of these panels that they're not robot helicopters, but they're helicopters piloted by robots. And so the big guy picks up this freaking bomb, which is, which is really quite large. And his plan is, is that he's going to throw the bomb with Frank on it toward the two helicopters. And Frank, in order to stay on this bomb while it's sailing through the air, he, he, he finds a saddle. They're, they're next to a, a pasture, like a horse pasture with a fence. And there's a, just happens to be a saddle on the fence. So Madman straps the saddle. Frank straps the saddle to the, uh, to the bomb. And, uh, the big guy launches him, throws him one-handed toward the helicopters. And as the bomb is about to strike one of the helicopters, Frank is able to jump off into the other helicopter. Luckily, he chooses the correct one because it happens to be the one in which Boyford is in. There are, are two robots piloting this helicopter, you know, a pilot and a backup, a co-pilot. And Frank takes them both out. On the screen is Factor Max, who, again, is a, is a robot of some sort. And we assume it's Factor Max because the, the, the robot says through the screen, receiving no signals, report to Factor Max. And Frank says, Factor Max, Schmactor Max. And as he's turning the monitor off, the robot, who we assume at this point is Factor Max, says, Frank? And so that's a bit curious. We don't know who this Factor Max is. Apparently, we, we are under the impression that Frank has no idea who he is. But this robot knows who Frank is. Well, Frank's able to land the helicopter and they get Boyford back. Uh, Tri-Eye uh, sends along a, a big old airplane to take uh, Skip back to Snap City, to the hospital. Uh, in the meantime, there is a dude that is off on uh, the peak of another mountain watching all this unfold. And I don't know who this guy is. I feel like we've seen him before. Maybe in, in a, a few issues back, and I don't remember which issue it was, but he's dressed in yellow and he's got a full face mask with a fin on the top of his, his face mask. But I, he looks familiar, but we don't know what he's doing there. We don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy, but he's just kind of watching over what's happening. He's got a word balloon coming out of his mouth as he's watching them, but the word balloon just contains the infinity sign. So I have no idea what's going on there. And so the 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 tri eye folks and and you know they show up and and uh, big guys people show up and they dig out big guy's ship and they they load um, Boyford onto the big guy's ship. Frank says goodbye to Boyford, but he says in his journal entry that uh, he didn't know it at the time, but it would be uh, the last time he is ever able to say goodbye to him. He he says, but I'd never get the chance to say a proper goodbye to him again. And then he and Skip wait to uh, go back to Snap City. Skip, again, is going to the hospital. Frank's just accompanying him back. The big guy then wants to have a word with Frank, and he tells him that he ought to bring Frank up on charges. He says, but I'd hate to fill out millions of forms. I can't let that happen to a fella who's shown the kind of moxie you have. And he shakes Frank's hand. 
And then he says, I got to say goodbye. And I want to say it man to man, eye to eye. He takes off his helmet. So we learn that the big guy is a man in a suit. We don't get to see his face. We don't even get to see the back of his head. But whoever he is, he shows Frank who he is. And uh, Frank tells, well, he tells Frank, he goes, so, so long, kid. I'm moving out. And Frank hugs him. I'll never forget you, big guy. You're the best. And then as the big guy is leaving, Frank's narrating, how could I forget the big guy? How could anyone? He's played such a large chunk in my life. I still read about him often and see him on the tube. It's a gas. He knows me and I can proudly call him my friend. And Frank's saluting him and saying out loud, Joe's not going to believe any of this. And then we get a little blurb at the bottom that says next, the puke. So <laughs> that's something to look forward to. Uh, the next issue, apparently we're going to meet something called the puke. Um, This was another just super fun issue. Uh, the art, again, I, I don't feel like I have to say this every time, but um, you just, you're not, I don't think you're allowed to talk about comic books on a comic book podcast without first talking about the writing and then talking about the art, what you, what you liked and disliked about both. And there really wasn't anything I disliked about either. The art remains solid, just straight up Mike Allred art. Um, I'm really glad, uh, that at this point with this series, um, well, with the second series, actually, again, this is the third Madman series, uh, that, but, but he's got Laura Allred doing the coloring and, uh, I'm, I'm just very enamored with, uh, the way she colors books. She is, uh, very solid, uses great, uh, solid eye popping colors that, you know, that really just kind of pop off the page. Uh, I think they're just a wonderful team together, husband and wife, him writing and drawing her doing the colors. And, uh, they've really made something special with this madman book. Uh, the, the, the big guy character was kind of fun to show up in this book. The only other book I ever remember that character being in though, is, uh, I can't remember if it was a one issue or a two issue series called, uh, the big guy and rusty, the boy robot, which is a, a collaboration that Frank Miller did with Jeff Darrow. Frank Miller writing and Jeff Darrow drawing. Um, and if you've ever seen Jeff Darrow art, whew, the dude likes to draw a lot of stuff. It's, it's, it's an amazing looking book. I don't remember anything else about it. I believe there's probably Kaiju in it at some point. And, uh, Rusty, the boy robot is kind of like uh, Astro boy, but yeah, I don't remember the big guy ever getting his own series. Um, the big guy and Rusty, the boy robot, that book came out not long after this, I believe, I, I feel like the big guy's first appearance is here in these Madman books. And then came the, the Rusty, the, the big guy and Rusty the Boy Robot, which was a, was an oversize. It was like a big, um, and, and not when I say, and, and not like a, it had the same dimensions as a comic book, just maybe a little bit bigger. This was a more of a, almost a square book. It was a, it was an, it was a different, different dimensions altogether, which, is always fun, but yet annoying at the same time for comic book collectors because you can't get them in a bag. You can't put them in a comic book box. They they have to go up on the shelf. And uh, the issues were square bound, but they weren't incredibly thick. So putting them up on a shelf is not always the best thing for books like that. So anyway, I really enjoyed the relationship between Frank and the big guy. The big guy was always always calling him kid and son and uh, very much played the... Uh, you know, the gruff veteran warrior soldier type while, while Frank was like the, the wet behind the ears cadet 
uh, who, who was also kind of a, a wild card. You just never kind of knew what Frank was going to do. Um, I would like to see more books starring both of these characters going on adventures together. I think that would be kind of fun, but, uh, it was rather, uh, odd for these last two issues. I mean, Joe was in part of the previous issue, but once Frank jumps, you know, once Frank starts going up against the big guy, Joe just, she's, she's no longer in the story and it's, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Frank getting back and, uh, being with Joe again, because it's one of the, one of the things I love most about this, this, uh, this book, this, this character and this series of books is his relationship with Joe and just how freaking adorable they are together. And I want to say that there is a, uh, I don't know if I'll link to it in the show notes, but there, there's a sometime between Madman part 12, when that episode came out and when this episode is now out, the uh, YouTube channel comic tropes did a video about Mike Allred. Um, and it gave a lot more information on Allred's background and, and his, his start in comics. And I was always under the impression that Frank Einstein showed up in Creatures of the Id as like, like, like a little, which was kind of like an anthology book and, and then went straight from there to Madman Comics. But sounds like if I remember from watching that video, Frank Einstein actually appears in some other issues of other books first before the character of madman it becomes a thing so i'd like to try to track those down and but you know it's 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 funny because i'm reading these stories uh from the new uh the library edition uh what is this freaking thing called the madman library edition volume one it actually says on the cover the madmaniverse library and it's supposed to contain everything that is Frank Einstein and Madman. And I know it's got that story from Creatures of the Id, but it doesn't have anything between or before that. So I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I need to go watch that video again because now I'm I'm starting to talk out of my butt and I don't feel confident in the the information I'm I'm saying. But I, I remember watching the video and getting a bigger sense of the relationship between Joe and Frank that Everything that the first few issues of Madman kind of hint at in regard to he, because Frank doesn't, when, when Madman starts out, Frank doesn't remember his past, uh, or at least something, something happened, uh, after he died and came back to life that he, he doesn't remember a lot of that up to the point where he, he is in when, when the comic starts. And I feel like some of the stuff that they are talking about in comic tropes had to do with those missing months um, that there was a series of stories that was just about Frank Einstein that had nothing to, you know, Madman was not conceived at that point. It was just Frank Einstein working as a private detective and he, he meets Joe and starts up a relationship. I, I, I will have, I'm going to have to look into that because I, I don't know if that's the case. Why is it not in this library edition uh, or uh, maybe it's going to show up in another library edition at some point. I don't know. I don't feel like looking it up right now. I mean, I do have the Wikipedia entry for Madman opened up and it, it, it doesn't go into, into any of that. Like, uh, if we look at the entry here for his fictional biography, it doesn't usually when you, when you have a a Wikipedia entry about uh, a series of comics, it'll tell you, or, or like a character like Superman, for example, It'll give you their fictional character biography, but we'll also talk about their publication history. And they don't go into the publication history for Frank Einstein or Madman 
in this in this entry. So I don't know. I feel like I've opened up a, a big old can of worms and was not prepared to then speak on said worms that now have spilled from the can. So instead, I'll just say uh, once again, Madman, the this is one of my favorite characters um, came out of the 90s. One of one of the the greater things to come out of um, comics from the 90s. I really hope that Allred gets back to Madman at some point, but I hope he waits until I have fully caught up because what we have left here, from what I remember, you know, the 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 Madman comics, which again was the third series of books. This is being or or was published by DC Comics, and it went for twenty or so issues, and then he stopped publishing Madman for a while, and then when he came back with Madman. It was a book called Madman Atomic Comics, which was published by Image. And it's it's like I read a handful of the first few issues of the Dark Horse series. And then that's when I dropped out of comics. And then when I got back into comics, I read a handful of the first few of the Image series and then dropped out of comics again. So uh, it's one of the reasons I'm doing this is to to give me an excuse to really go back and, and dive back into this character and finish everything that's out there. And then and maybe. Once I'm done, you know, I'll uh, I'll ring old Mike up and say, hey, buddy, I'm done. Let's get some new issues out there. And then uh, I'm sure he'll he'll get right on that. <laughs> but until then, folks, hey, let's wrap this up. Um, next week, we got a big anniversary for just another fanboy. August the 29th was the uh, the date that the very first episode of just another fanboy landed out there on the Internet airwaves. August 29th, 2006. So 16 years ago, as of, well, the 29th, which uh, as of the time I'm, I'm recording this will be Monday next week. And so I don't have any plans to, to really celebrate. Just know that it's there. Uh, if you want to send me anything, any emails, you, you can do that at, at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. I do have a, a voice line set up at 785-318-6673. If you want to call and leave me a voicemail, you can even use that to text the show I'll, I'll get them both and uh hey you know if you want to use that to to wish me a happy anniversary you know send a voicemail or a text or an email or whatever you know maybe i'll, I'll include that in tuesday's episode next week so that would be episode 291 you can also join us over on the forums the just another fanboy message boards at forum.justanotherfanboy.com come and join and be part of the fun over there and and uh and yeah there there's a lot of stuff that you can do it's all in the show notes don't don't bother writing all this down um i'm just gonna go ahead and wrap this up and tell you that uh until next time until we have another episode until you and i can get together and talk again through the internet in the way that we're doing now my name is steven and i'm just another fanboy be nice to each other bye bye daddy bye bye daddy good job Catch the thrilling conclusion to the cataclysmic madman big guy crossover as the two twisted titans run a gun-toting gauntlet of rival renegade robots in their quest to get Dr. Boyford and his... Try that again. (coughs) Catch the thrilling... Into the protective hands of special... Of special agent... Of special agents, of special agents, good God Almighty, of special agents. 
I want to say skip. It's Madman Mayhem. It's Madman Mayhem. It's Madman Mayhem. And it's man Mayhem. Good Lord, what kind of word is that? Mayhem. Mayhem. Mayhemiest. It's Madman Mayhem and it's May. It's Madman Mayhem at its mayhemiest with a big guy. It's Madman Mayhem and it's good. Blood of a Florida snarg. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 